This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It's a joy to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. Today I want to continue a discussion we began on a previous telecast on a word out of the Bible that means so much to all of us. That is, it should. It's the word redemption. Redemption. What is it to be redeemed? What does redemption really mean? Stay tuned as we talk about that today. Redemption. Now, today we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and, and there's so many of you that have already taken the course, studied the course, and have actually... We have people who have ask for more courses, and we try to provide those for you as well. Thank you for your interest in studying the Bible today. We want to pause long enough that you can learn something about the course we offer and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read two places today. First of all, from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, the second place is in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. The first passage of Scripture suggests that we are not redeemed by money. You might have all of the silver, all of the gold that the world provides, but it will not result in the salvation of your soul. But we are redeemed, and we are redeemed at a price. And the price was blood, precious blood. Jesus' blood. The word redemption simply means to buy something back. It means to deliver, to rescue. It, it suggests the idea of getting one out of bondage or setting someone free. A person may be in slavery and someone may purchase their freedom and set them free. They've been redeemed. And you and I were in bondage. 
We were in bondage to sin. And we were being held captives of Satan. And we have been set free by the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. And Paul said, in whom, and that is in Jesus Christ. As we observed on a previous telecast, that expression and those that are somewhat equivalent to that are used some 83 times by the Apostle Paul in his writings. And 27 of those are in, found in the book of Ephesians. In whom, that is in Christ, in Christ. He said, in whom we have redemption. You see, we were slaves. We were slaves of sin. Uh, Jesus in John 8, 34 said it, that if he that commits sin is the servant of sin. And think about the multitudes, the uh, myriads of people today who are enslaved to sin. Oh, they don't realize they're slaves of sin. They walk about carrying on their activities every day. But, but their, their conduct and their actions and the decisions they make suggest to us that they are slaves of sin. But in verse 36, Jesus said, that if the Son sets you free, that you will be free indeed. Free from the burden of sin. And the only way that a person can ever be freed from his or her sins is by Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption. The fact is, every person watching the telecast right now is some type of a servant. And the word servant simply means a slave. And we are either servants of, of Christ or we're servants of Satan. We're either, either slaves of Christ, and He is our master, or we're servants of Satan, and He is our master. You remember Jesus said, no man can serve two masters in Matthew 6, 24. So that simply means that we cannot serve Christ and be His slave and, be, and serve Satan and be His slave at the same time. It's an impossibility. There is not room in the human heart for a love of the Lord Jesus Christ and a love of God and a love of right living and also a love of the world and a love of sin and a love of Satan in the same heart. It's impossible. And yet there are many people who are servants of sin. They're slaves of sin. In 1 John, the third chapter in verse 8, we're told that for this cause the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ came into the world for the purpose of liberating men. And liberation is found in Jesus Christ. Real freedom is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why, in John 8, 32, Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when you know Christ, and you know His will, you know His Word, you can be made free from your sins. You know, sin is like a, a chain. It really is like a chain. And it's chained to your soul. And I read about a blacksmith, and maybe some of the younger people might not understand the, 
the occupation of a blacksmith, but among the many things they would do, they would, they would make horseshoes to go on the, on the hooves of the horses, and they would make other things in the forge. And, and, and so this blacksmith had offended the king, and the king called for the blacksmith to come before him. And he commissioned this blacksmith to forge a chain that no one could break. And some time elapsed, and finally the blacksmith came before the king, and he presented to the king the chain that no one could break. And the king then commanded that the blacksmith be uh, chained with that chain, that it be put on him, and that he had forged a chain that no one can break. Well, sin is like that. Sin is like a chain on your soul. And we cannot break that chain by our own human efforts. We cannot. It's not in man that walks to direct his step. The way of man is not in himself. Jeremiah 10, 23. And so the only way that chain that's binding us and, and, and enslaving us is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we have our redemption. We are set free in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are set free. We're delivered from the bondage of sin in Jesus Christ. You know, in John, Isaiah 61 and verse 1, one of the things that would be characteristic of the ministry of Jesus Christ that he would set the captives free. And the whole world today is in captivity. Captives of sin. The whole world lies in wickedness, according to 1 John 5.19. The, the, the New King James says that the whole world lies in, in lawlessness. And our world today is in a, in a state of turmoil. And that which it has it in a state of turmoil is sin. You see, people are talking about gun control. They're talking about the control of nuclear weapons. All of those things are concerned to us. But the thing that needs to be controlled is the heart of man. Because the problem of our world is a heart issue, is a heart problem. It's a problem of the heart. And when the heart of man is, is deceitful and it is desperately wicked, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. And so the problem we have in our world is a heart issue. And we need to be set free only in the Lord, by the Lord Jesus Christ, liberated. And John 8, 36 says, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. So in whom we have redemption, freedom, deliverance. While we in Jesus Christ, we can be made free from an addiction. I know of people personally who are addicted to various things. Some, I've known of people addicted to pornography. I've known of people that were addicted to, to alcohol, to narcotics. I've known of people that were addicted to, to gambling. They were addicted to filthy language. I think more than anything else, it was just an addictive habit they had. I don't want you to know if you have an addiction like that, that, that you'll not be able to set yourself free. No, no. 
but the Son can set you free. You can find freedom from an addiction in the Lord Jesus Christ, and He will give you that. He will forgive you, and He will give you the strength. He will give you the power to overcome whatever addiction you might have. Je Jesus Christ can set you free from, from fear. And my, my personal analysis of our world right now is our world is shrouded in fear. People are so fearful. That's, that's the reason in some parts of the world people are fleeing for their lives. They are, they are fearful of for their lives. And my heart goes out to them. And we have people in America who are fearful. We have people in other parts of the country, in Europe and Asia, other parts of the world who are so fearful now. But in Jesus Christ, we can be delivered from fear. You know, God's not given us the spirit of fear. But God has given us the spirit of power. And regardless of what may happen in our world, regardless of what may come our way, regardless of how hard it may be, regardless of how damaging it might be, we know in Christ that, number one, that there is still a God in heaven who is in control. And number two, we know we have a Savior who loved us enough to die for our sins. And number three, we know that in the hereafter, that there is a heaven prepared for those who prepare themselves for that place. So what do we have to fear? One great man said one time, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Jesus sets us free from that fear. And when you go to bed at night, you can pillow your head with the peace that passes all understanding. Isaiah 6, 26 and 3 says, I will keep him in perfect peace. You can have that perfect peace in Jesus Christ. Jesus frees us from the guilt of sin. Do you feel guilty because of your sin? David did. David said, my sin is ever before me. When Nathan stood before David and he said, David, you have taken a man's wife. He didn't put it exactly like that. He said here was a poor man had one sheep. Rich man had many sheep. The rich man took the only sheep that belonged to the poor man. What should you do with the rich man? And David condemned the rich man. And Nathan said, David, you're the man I'm talking about. You've taken a man's wife. You put the man out in the front of the battle where the man could be killed. You're the man I'm talking about. So David made this statement. And these are words that are hard to utter. I have sinned. Those three of, the, th three, uh, three of the hardest words to utter in the English language. I have sinned. You see, we're sort of allergic to that admission of guilt sometimes. I have sinned. Well, Nathan said, well, then the Lord's put away your sin. God is, has forgiven you. And he freed David from the guilt of sin and from the burden of sin, the penalty of sin. There is a penalty to sin. When we are redeemed, we are redeemed from that penalty. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And see, Jesus Christ redeemed us in Christ alone. Do we have redemption? 
Well, a lot of religions in the world today. But there is none like the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Redeemer. And I, believe, I agree with Job 19.25, which says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And my Redeemer lives. A lot of people have religious leaders that have lived and died and are buried. And those leaders are dead. But the leader of the, of the Christian religion is alive. Hebrews 7.25 says he ever lives to make intercession for us. He lives and is in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone that we have that redemption. But how do we obtain that redemption in Christ? And let's continue to read in Ephesians 1.7. In whom we have redemption through His blood. Now, you see, there's a price to be paid for a person to be redeemed. You remember? We talked about that. And Jesus gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. 1 Timothy 2, 6. Jesus paid the ransom that we might be bought back, that we might be released, that we might be delivered from sin. It was his precious blood. Going back to the passage, we read earlier from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. Well now, if we're not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold, then pray tell how are we redeemed? And he tells us it was by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Jesus paid a debt for me that I could not pay. Jesus paid it all. Jesus laid himself down as a ransom for the sins of the whole human family. Hebrews 2 and 9 says that he, by the grace of God, tasted of death for every man. And in so doing, Jesus paid the price for our release from sin itself, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Friends, the blood of Jesus Christ was innocent blood. You ever thought about his blood being innocent blood? It was. 1 Peter 2, 21, 22 says he did no sin. Neither was any guile found in his mouth. He was sinless. He was without sin. His blood was innocent blood. And don't you remember what Pilate said when he was brought before, uh, Jesus was brought before him? He said, I find no fault in this man. He knew he was innocent. Jesus is the only person who's ever lived on the face of this earth without sinning. We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points lack as are we yet without sin. He's without sin. He was without sin. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Jesus knew no sin. Jesus' blood was innocent blood, wasn't it? But Jesus' blood was vicarious blood. Well, someone says, what does that mean? It just simply means that 
Jesus died in the place of someone else. He died for someone else. Uh, Isaiah put it like this, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus died for me. He died in my place who himself bow our sins in his own body, 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. But Jesus' blood was also cleansing blood. Yes, indeed, it's cleansing blood. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, Unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. His blood is cleansing blood. Washing away, cleansing the sins of the whole world. We walk in the light as He is in the light. We have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ was purchasing blood. We're bought with a price. Well, what was the price? Blood. That's 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. Bought with a price. Well, in Acts 20, 28, Paul was addressing the elders of the Ephesian church and he said, Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which hath purchased with his own blood. Jesus was God in the flesh. And when Jesus died upon the cross of Calvary, he died in order to purchase the church. He loved it so much he died for it, according to Paul in Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and, and he gave himself for it. He died for the church. Jesus' blood was also justifying blood, much more than being justified by his blood. We are saved from wrath through him. His blood justifies us of our sins. If you ever hope to be justified, and someone said that means just is if I never sinned, if you want to be justified from your sins, it will take Jesus' blood. That's the reason Jesus died. He's our Redeemer, yes indeed. But what was the price of our redemption? Blood. You see, His is redeeming blood in whom we have redemption through what? Our good deeds? No. Living a good life? No. Having parents and, or relatives that are religiously minded people? No. In whom we have redemption through His blood. Friends, without the blood of Jesus Christ, without His innocent, vicarious, cleansing, purchasing, justifying, redeeming blood, there's not a single one of us that would have any hope beyond this life. You see, the way we have hope is through His blood. And Jesus Christ shed that blood for the salvation of the, of the whole world. Hebrews 9.22 says, Apart from the shedding of blood, there is no 
There is no remission apart from the shedding of blood. So we're talking about redemption. Here's our verse, Ephesians 1, 7, in whom, that's where we, that's in Christ. In Christ we have redemption. And to be redeemed means to buy back, to deliver, to be rescued. And we've been bought back and rescued from sin. And the price of that deliverance was blood, Jesus' blood. And if we want to be saved, that blood must be applied to our sins. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians 2, and he said that at that time you were without Christ. There was a time they were without Christ. The world today largely is without Christ. They're without Christ. Christless. Someone has asked, where is hell? And they said at the end of a Christless life. A life without Jesus Christ is a life that has no hope. And they're without hope. They're without God in the world. That's in verse number 12. But verse 13 changes the entire picture. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh, you're made near by the blood of Christ. And my friend, the only way that you'll ever be close to God, be near to God, be in fellowship with God, is because of Jesus' blood. But have you ever applied it to your sins? In order to do that, you must believe in Jesus. You must be willing to repent of your sins. You must be willing to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as being the Son of the living God. And as a penitent, confessing believer in Jesus Christ, you must be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. On the day of Pentecost, when people ask, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Well, why, Peter? For the remission of sins. In order to be saved. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises unto you and your children, all that are far off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call, with many other words to testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And it just might be that if there's something that Peter would have you to hear today, it would be those words. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. By being willing to confess your faith, be baptized into Christ, because Jesus put it like this, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the last moments, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.